global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures moving higher this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Ken. We are seeing modest gains in U.S. futures today. Dow futures higher by 32 points, S&P futures gain 5, and NASDAQ futures rise by 14. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.9%. And apart from Japan, Asia markets were mostly lower overnight, while most European markets are closed today. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, trade balance and personal income. At 10 o'clock, pending home sales. And at 10.30, Dallas Fed. After the bell on Thursday, GameStop QNEPS View trailed estimates. Shares are down 7% pre-market. And regarding earnings this morning, CalMain Foods beat. In deal news, Japan's NTT to acquire Dell units for $3.06 billion. Finally, some of your early Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. At Barclays, Qualcomm cut to equal weight. At Wood and Ensco cut to underweight. At Goldman Sachs, KBR raised to neutral. Ingersoll Rand cut to neutral. And Parker Hannifin cut to sell. HB Fuller raised to overweight at J.P. Morgan. CF Industries cut to neutral at Piper. And CIT Group cut to neutral at Stern AG. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. All right, thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K Go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Barry. Uh, Karen, thanks so much. Greatly appreciate it. Bloomberg Surveillance, uh, Economics, Finance, uh, Economics, uh, in, in Finance, I'll get it, Investment, International Relations uh, as well. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Do the day's headlines have you searching for more investment views Invesco's experts can help find the latest thought leadership at the Invesco blog. Visit Invesco.com slash U.S. to subscribe. Invesco, I-N-V-E-S-C-O, Invesco.com slash U.S. to subscribe. She is the keeper of a cool heat map. Kathy Jones joining us uh, right now from Charles Schwab looking at fixed uh, income. Kathy, I love your asset class heat map. Because it really shows almost a dartboard approach. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven categories. My basic take is you want to figure out which category not to be in instead of trying to guess the perfect category. How do you approach it? Yeah, well, normally the way we look at it is, you know, you have to have an allocation to all the major asset classes. And uh, to, to tactically trade, you want to underweight the things that are going to do the worst. And oftentimes, you know, what's, do, what's doing well this year doesn't do so well next year. But the other way we look at it is what asset classes aren't correlated. So when you look at treasuries, long-term treasuries especially versus, say, equities, you see, you know, they're pretty far apart on that heat map most of the time. And that's what helps you build a balanced portfolio and avoid some of that volatility. So we were just talking. Hi, Kathy. It's Barry Ritholtz. We were Hi. just talking uh, with somebody from Capital Economics, uh, and we were discussing emerging markets and how poorly they've done. Uh, what should the average investor be doing about EM exposure in their portfolios? Well, we on the fixed income side are still underweight uh, EM and uh, international developed market bonds as well. We're still looking for the dollar to be fairly firm. Uh, there's a lot in, in EM. You know, there's a lot of individual 
issues there when you look at Brazil, when you look at Russia, etc. Uh, so we're still underweight. We're not convinced that the risk-reward trade-off is uh, all that attractive in EM. Across your heat map, the one constant theme I see is the S&P 500. Now, obviously, that's the great bull market that we've seen in 06 and, you know, not in 07. Let's, let's be honest about that. But is equities an asset class for someone fixed income oriented? Well, normally, you know, we have mostly retail clients, and our retail clients will have some allocation to equities, some to fixed income. Uh, it, the, the balance really depends on their individual plan. So in this day and age, with bond yields so low, a lot of people do have equities, not just for the growth potential, but also for the income from dividend-paying stocks. So we just like to, you know, make people aware that dividend-paying stocks, although they deliver an income stream that's often comparable to bonds, yeah. do have very different properties than bonds. So you need a little bit of both. In the yeah, I, I, I'm glad you do that. And I, I know working with Lizanne, that's part of the adultness of Schwab is, is buried. That's a huge trap. Dividend is yield proxy. Well, it's yield proxy with a lot of volatility, so you end up with some upside if things work out. But if you're on a limited budget and you can't absorb volatility, hey, we, we've seen a 100-year flood, oh, just about every 10 years for the past 30 years. So that misnamed problem in equities isn't a, a good, necessarily a good fit uh, for bond investors. My question for Kathy is we've seen tips, the uh, – Treasury inflation-indexed uh, bonds not do especially well over the past couple of years. What are you thinking about tips as an asset class for yield-hungry investors looking forward? Well, we've warmed up to tips a little bit lately because the break-even rates, the rate, the difference between the Treasury and tips, uh, have moved uh, very close to what we consider fair value or the or actually very attractive. The reason tips haven't done well, though, is not just that inflation has been low, but also that you get very little coupon. And so in um, an environment where everybody's yield hungry, uh, if you're getting something with almost no coupon, and particularly with a long duration, you're just buying volatility. Uh, it's more like an option on uh, higher inflation rather than something that's going to produce well, income. But to Barry's good question, we'll let you go here. The idea of tips reverting to the mean or five-year, five-year break-evens is the same idea as saying the bond market will get back to some normal of 04 or 05. Do you work with that within a three, four, six-year perspective? No, we really don't think we're returning to quote-unquote normal in a short period of time. I mean, but that's a key idea, isn't it, Mm -hmm. Kathy? Yeah, it is. And we say if you're looking for that inflation protection, you're really concerned, add a little bit and tips uh, to the portfolio. But we just don't see them outperforming uh, anytime soon. Kathy, thank you so much. Kathy Jones with Schwab. Uh, Barry, it's just a huge idea. We'll talk about this later when we've got some time uh, together. But this idea of, I mean, Bill Gross says financial repression for 10 years and everybody gets upset. Except so far he's been right. You know, I mean, for the average Joe out there, Bill Gross has been dead on. Absolutely. You know, forget about his portfolio. But in terms of financial repression being there. Barry Ritholtz, Tom Keene, Economic Data, Jobs Day, Friday. 
You're listening to Bloomberg Surveillance. Still ahead on Bloomberg Surveillance, Paul Mortimer Lee from BNP Paribas, the chief economist for North America. We have S&P futures right now, three points higher. 